like, let me read something to make sure that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> and that's the problem I find with like with doing some of these some like even like some of the movies or some of the TV shows. It's like I'll be like, oh, I know this. And then I'll sit down and be like, I should have watched this movie before we, <laughs> before we talked about it. <laughs> there creepy people (laughs) i'm like i'm like what what new spooky adjectives can i use for all these all these wonderful people listening to our podcast creepy is a good one i think yeah no creepy works i like creepy uh so hello creepy people and welcome (laughs) it makes me feel like i'm i'm like a a 90s dj hey creepy people Uh, welcome to another mini, mini microsode of my spooky gay family. Yes, mini, mini microsode. Mini, mini microsode. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I am going to get someone to make the sound bite. One of these days, we're going to have a microsode that's under an hour long. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm not going to hold my breath for it because we always end up saying, we're like, oh, we're going to make this one shorter. And then it's like twice as long. And we're like, son yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, no, we know we're doing it. I know. Just in case you were concerned. Everyone's like, you're just doing two episodes a week. And we're like, we know. Shut up. (laughs) Stop complaining. This is our life. This is our choice. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's funny. It it kind of like, oh, I want to talk about stuff. And I know we can't. But we we have been planning some very exciting things today. We we had like uh, my spooky gay family, like, crack down brainstorm. And we were like. We were like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna think about, uh, that, and that reminds me of Thirty Rock. You didn't watch Thirty Rock? No, right? I did not really. Oh, there's a scene where Tracy Jordan's like, we had a brainstorm. It was a bad one, but once it was done, <laughs> <laughs> and that was basically our day. We had a brainstorm. It was a bad one, but now that it's done. <laughs> uh, we uh we made some really cool. Uh, decisions about what's going to be happening in the future. We we have some fun things planned for all of you, and I can't wait to tell you. But I cannot tell you now. So. <laughs> this is like that awful Facebook vague booking that that I can't do. wait to tell you, but I can tell you to wait. <laughs> and I will, and I'm telling you to wait right now because uh, I am not I am not allowed to divulge what's happening but i will say that there's a lot of really cool new content coming to you and uh it's not it's not limited to the scope of what you hear on your chosen podcasting platform <laughs> is that is that weird enough is that creepy enough tonight? certainly vague enough <laughs> they're like what a <laughs> uh, what um have you been sam baxter i've been okay i've been 
enjoying today's like false fall we're in the false fall section of the year for new jersey where mm-hmm. it goes into 70s for like a week and then goes right back to 90 i know and it sucks because i didn't realize it was nice out today so i just stayed in the house and then you <laughs> and then you're like no it's like 70 degrees outside i was like son of a bitch <laughs> i had my psl today I, it's my second psl of the season i'm totally third. stoked <laughs> and <laughs> oh, how you tell me to project and then you whisper into the microphone <laughs> because we're, we're, we are we're fucking around with a lot of the tech stuff on this podcast you may have noticed I, I imagine that people listening at home must be like what are they doing every week it sounds like they changed <laughs> <something>. <laughs> and we have the answer is it sounds like that because we have things have been changing drastically and we're we're kind of fucking around because you know, full disclosure, neither of us are sound technicians, so no. we're doing the best that we can to make this sound wonderful for all of you. And hopefully this week I will have figured out some new little techniques to improve the sound. Please, pl- by all means, write to us and tell us how much it sucks if you know, <laughs> if, if the sound is terrible. <laughs> like it sounds like you're underwater. We don't blah, understand. Blah, 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 blah. One whole podcast just sounds like we're Charlie Brown's teacher. We're like... <laughs> <laughs> We should do that on purpose, just one time to fuck with everybody. And not say anything. Just not say anything. (laughs) All right, what the hell? Oh, it's week five. I think it's five. Five of of the 13 weeks of Halloween. And uh, it's very exciting because we, uh, we are getting into the meat of the season, which sounds oddly... Uh, euphemistic (laughs) (laughs) the meat of the season Um, we are we're getting into the meat of the Halloween season we are uh, this episode will be the last episode in August yes it will thank god I know (laughs) (laughs) I am so done with August me too August could not end fast enough I just hate the heat yeah I hate the heat too and I've been looking so I've so been looking forward to watching the temperatures start to drop because that's when I start to feel better about like myself in the world. So. <laughs> when I stop walking around outside, like, do I have stains on me? <laughs> why am I damp? <laughs> Let's play a game, shall we? It's called Why Am I Damp? And uh, it's normally played by people who have children, but yeah. but uh, us, us chubby people can play too. <laughs> And in week five of My Spooky Gay Family's 13 weeks of Halloween, we uh, we are going to start with episode two of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> are you glad that I made you watch this? Um, I am both glad and infuriated that I watched this. <laughs> you um. don't realize until you get into it that you're like, fuck, they're all cold cases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the knowledge that I, I will not have resolution to this, mm-hmm. pr- possibly ever, is going to eat at me for a very long time. I know. And we talked about this last week. It's like, I hate the idea of of watching some kind of media that does not have resolution. It's why, like I've, I, said, I said last time, I've started Cold Case podcasts before and I had to stop because it's like, it's so unsatisfying and you would think that, like, as true crime junkies, this is, like, the gold mine. It's, like, we're going to Michelle McNamara our way <laughs> into into 
solving all of these cases, but it's like at the end of the day, the answer is we probably won't. Even high profile cases like making a murderer, it's like there's been nothing but media attention on that and hasn't really moved very far as far as, you know, whether or not. I mean, I shouldn't say it's a cold case because obviously Stephen Avery is in prison, but uh, spoiler alert. And um I guess for the the viewers of the show, there are just a lot of unanswered questions that seem like they they need to be kind of more tidily wrapped up. Uh, or if you're me, we need to figure out who killed her. <laughs> <laughs> so it does kind of turn into one of those things where it's like, it's so dissatisfying to not ever really get the answer you're hoping for yeah it's like being given a jigsaw puzzle and like the top left corner is missing or like all four corners and like 17 pieces in the middle Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but that's actually kind of a perfect way to segue into our episode today because this was an infuriating episode (laughs) yeah no there's nothing about this that doesn't a make you go well but this thing, though, or makes you go, there's there's no fucking way that it's not this person. I know. Like, and <laughs> they give you a lot of kind of like little roundabout fuck off answers. And they're like, well, maybe it was this. And you're like, no, it was not this. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, well, how about these? And you're like, no, it was not these. <laughs> and they're like, was it this? And you're like, it was that. <laughs> I've already made my decision. Now stop trying to give me evidence. <laughs> Rob, who? Okay. Um, Yes. So today we are talking about Unsolved Mysteries, episode two. And uh, this is, (laughs) this is a a really crazy episode. Is it about, it's, rewind. It is about (laughs) uh, the kind of disappearance of Patrice Andres? Andres? Andres, I believe. Andres. And... Basically, the investigation of her disappearance. Um, spoiler alert, some things are answered. So if you have not seen the episode, go watch it now. Uh, <laughs> that said, I'm going to keep moving right along. Basically, Patrice Endress is uh, a a woman from just outside Atlanta, right? Um, I'm not sure where in Georgia the town is, but she is from Georgia. She is from Georgia, and she is a salon owner a a stylist and uh uh basically what happens is that one day in a window of i think it was 13 minutes it is that is the title of the episode is it it is 13 minutes oh i thought you meant a window of 13 minutes (laughs) to the window um yes in in a window of 13 minutes patrice disappears from her salon in the middle of the day she, uh broad daylight there is no there it for all intents and purposes someone should have seen her go missing it basically is what it comes down to i mean should have it's <laughs> kind of a strong <laughs> word well um yeah. if nothing else there were two witnesses that drove by the salon during those 13 minutes and they did ha- they did see things they they saw yeah they saw things well we'll get into it so let's let's start at the at the beginning 
shall we? we? (laughs) (laughs) So basically, she uh, Patrice is married to a gentleman named Rob, and uh, she has a son whose name is Pistol. Yes, it's Pistol. Pistol. Yes, his name is Pistol. His name is Pistol. That's it. That's the that's end of the it. episode. <laughs> <laughs> we that's as much as we need to say about this situation. I was like, I was like, I I I was watching the episode and I was like, I was like, did they? What did they say? What did they call him? I had to rewind it like four times. I was like, the son had a pistol. No, the son, the son was a pistol. The son is pistol. The son is named pistol. I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> This whole episode was like one big shot of tequila. I was like, I was just downing Jose Cuervo. Um, Yes. So she has a son named Pistol and a husband named Rob. And basically after she goes missing, her son was in school at the time. Yeah. Uh, He was 15. I think he said 15 at the time. And he kind of was... He was the kind of kid that, if I'm not mistaken, got into trouble a bit and was always kind of getting called down to the principal's office. And so when he got called down to the principal's office, he thought he was in trouble. But it turned out that his mother, uh, they they couldn't get in touch with his mother. And so he was trying to get in touch with his mother. And uh, unfortunately, he was unable to. So Patrice goes missing and then the investigation begins. Essentially, what it boils down to is that she is nowhere to be found. Her her lunch is still in the salon, which is unlocked. Her car is still, still at there. the salon. Although it's been moved from its normal place. It, yes, it's not in the place she would normally park it. And there's no real destruction to the salon. Like, you wouldn't otherwise know... Something was amiss. No, there was no signs. Of, there were no signs of a struggle. It didn't look like she was maybe taken out against her will or, or something like that. It was exactly no, no, no reason to believe anything terrible would have happened. Apart from the fact that nobody could find her. Nobody could find her, and uh, she, no one could get in touch with her. So basically, what it boils down to is after. All of this, the they start looking for her. No one can find her. They're interviewing everybody. No, no, no one knows anything. And literally six hundred days go by. Exactly. Exactly six hundred days, <laughs> and they unfortunately find Patrice's remains. Yes. In the woods behind a church six miles from her salon. Exactly. And they are com- they are deteriorated. They are She has essentially decomposed. And, They're uh, skeletal. Yes. Essentially. And so it it is very clear at this point that she has been there for quite some time. Um, so now we, we know that that she is she is unfortunately deceased. So now it becomes a murder investigation because we know that some foul play was involved here. She didn't yes. just walk down the street, lay down on the lay down in the woods and die. Like we know that something <laughs> terrible happened to her on top of the fact that there was a really interesting um uh 
piece of information I found in in watching this is that her wedding ring was, was gone. Yeah. And nobody knows where it is. Nobody knows where it is. Well, one person might. <laughs> one person might know where her wedding ring is. I'm sure one person knows. One yes. singular person. Yes. <laughs> So now that we have a little bit of a summary of this this moment, we are very cheekily dancing around something here. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we're being that cheeky about it. It's a bit cheeky. I feel like if you've watched this episode, you probably know what we're going to say. Yeah. Rob killed her. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't spoken to a single person that watched this that does not believe that her husband killed her. Or hired someone to kill her or something. He was somehow involved. Allegedly. Allegedly. Everything we're saying is baseless accusation except for the part where we watched this episode and all signs clearly point to Rob. (laughs) (laughs) This is all alleged except the fact that he killed her. Um, Yes. There is obviously no way of knowing exactly what happened to her for legal reasons. The hamster is telling us we have to say. Uh, But... We uh, we are kind of of the opinion that yes. it is clear that Rob was somehow involved in her death. And that is also the official position of her son. Her, her son, son believes... and at least one of her friends yes. said so too. Which, what was her friend's name who was talking about Rob? Um, I think, I don't remember. Um, I it was the one in the name. purple shirt. I don't yeah. remember her name. Purple shirt. Yeah, her name is Purple Shirt. Her now. name is Purple Shirt. Miss um, Purple Shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, she goes to the but yeah, no, she was saying how he was always possessive and really jealous and, and how, you know, he didn't like her spending time with even her friends. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same thing that the son says. And that's kind of the same thing that one of the other friends says and her sister says. Mm-hmm. And their relationship was a bit rocky at the time of her disappearance. They were unless you talk to Rob. Unless in which you talk case, to Rob, everything was fine. Rob says everything's fine. Everyone, uh, uh, her son Pistol keeps. Uh, who, by the way, um, I have seen referred to in articles as Piper. Piper. And I, I was like, is this like a Pistol's a nickname, or is this like a we really can't believe his name is Pistol and it must be a misprint? <laughs> <laughs> it's a misprint. <laughs> Um, thank you, Zhuang Fu. Uh, yes. According to literally everyone but Rob, they were kind of having some... Some issues. Some issues. Uh, and their whole relationship was kind of rocky, and Pistol and Rob did not get along at all. Even after his mother's disappearance, Rob locked him out of the house. The same day. The day that his mother went, dis- that his mother disappeared. Would not allow him to go inside to get clothes or anything else. A 15-year-old boy. Isn't that strange? Isn't that just exactly what you would fucking do if, you're, <laughs> if your spouse was missing, in missing. air quotes? Because this is the thing. At this point, we don't know she's dead. We just know we that just she's th- no, not we around. We just think that she's gone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, 
So you didn't think on the off chance that she walked through that door that she might be just a little pissed off that you changed all the locks and wouldn't let her 15-year-old son back into the house? (laughs) This is exactly what an innocent person would do, Rob. This is exactly (laughs) that. This is textbook. Uh, Yeah. It's very strange because there are a lot of... uh, There are a lot of people that are, not a lot, there are a few people that are given as kind of suspects in this whole thing. Um, There are two, the the one that's most interesting, the two that are most interesting to me are uh, Jeremy Brian Jones and Gary Michael Hilton, who are both serial killers who were active in the area at the time, but were basically disproven, no? Here's the thing with Jeremy Jones. Jeremy Jones actually admitted to this murder. But it was proven that he couldn't have done it. When he said where he dumped the body, they did a very thorough search, didn't find anything. And then when her remains were found, it was nowhere near where he said that he had dumped the body. Now, I have a question for you because you are, uh, you're like my my little serial killer database. Okay. Okay. And by the way, I was saying to David the other day, we should do another. You're true about crime to episode. ask me a question that I don't know the answer to because you're doing all this build up. It's not. It's okay. not that kind of a question. It's okay. not like a trivia. It's not like what year? I was, like, I was sitting here going like, oh, son of a bitch. This is going to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm really rusty on Carl Pan's ram. Don't bring him up. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Um, basically, my question is, you and I are both very interested in true crime and listen to a lot of. Uh, conversations about true crime and and the and the capture of these people and basically the psychology of it is it possible that jeremy jones could have killed her and because he was a serial killer who obviously was involved in the murder of several different people could have mixed up the story and been pointing them to the body of someone else or been pointing them to a place that he remembered having disposed of a body that was uh, in- incidentally not this woman. That's possible, but they didn't find a body there at all. And that was my question. It's like, because uh, I, I kept, I, I tried to err, to err on the side of doubt. And it's like, yeah, no, in all fairness to our own personal theories, like this guy is a real possibility. He's a real possibility. That said, he did recant the confession though. And it was also kind of strange because he was, a serial killer and we we know a lot about the psychology of serial killers these days and there was cash taken from the register mm-hmm. and her wedding ring was taken now the wedding ring kind of makes sense as like a memento yeah or a trophy the cash is a little bit it doesn't read serial killer to me. And I know it's not impossible. I know that there are people like Eileen Warnos who robbed their victims. Yeah. That said, it's extremely unusual. I mean, unless what's going on is they're trying to make it look like a robbery. Mm. But most serial killers don't... They don't cover their tracks like that. Like No. Like they don't they don't necessarily get caught, but they don't they don't they, hide they don't they either. don't generally try to hide the manner of the crime. Yeah, I mean there there are people who have like John Wayne Gacy, obviously. 
was was the kind of person who hid the basically the crime itself yeah. until it was discovered but generally speaking on on kind of like a a study of the psychology of serial killers we know that like you know you look at someone like like the the original night stalker which by the way mm-hmm. we need to talk about at Mr. Some Ramirez, <clears throat> yes. We no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Not Richard Ramirez, the uh, the ears on. Oh, okay. I got, um, I got you. Who, by the way, <laughs> one day I'll, uh, when we're done with this, I have to tell you something. It's, it's really not that important to any of you. Um, Joseph D'Angelo. Okay. Ears on. Yeah. Is uh, the East Area Rapist, for those of you who don't know. that's that I was making a reference to Michelle McNamara before. She is the one who wrote I'll Be Gone in the Dark. And it is a book that was written about the East Area Rapist and uh, coincidentally kind of led to his capture. But that said, it's like he was known for taking things from the crime scene that were relatively insignificant, but they were things that were often they were they were not of value to anyone but the person he took them from like he would take uh, there the one of the more famous ones is he took a pair of monogrammed cufflinks and uh it was something that was obviously of value to the person he took them from but not really of much value outside of that context and so it becomes that kind of memento situation where they're taking the thing because it is a reminder of the act they committed more than it is of something they could pawn or or you know use to make money and that's why yeah no serial killing is not generally a money-making endeavor no generally not um and that's why this instance kind of seems strange to me like it doesn't seem it it seems a a little bit like it it steps outside the realm of a serial killer to me i'm not saying it's impossible but i am saying it it seems like if it was a serial killer it would be bending some of the rules are you familiar with jeremy jones not really i had never heard of him until i hadn't either and i'm i i have not looked into him but i would be curious to know if part of his mo was to make it look like a robbery gone wrong or a robbery at all you know so if you are listening and you know the answer to that Let us know because we don't know anything. We're all sitting here going like Google's the thing that exists. Like, you I know, to... and I'm I'm literally sitting in front of a computer like God. I wish I knew. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about Gary Hilton, but um, both of them. Now Gary Hilton was arrested for the murder of one person. I don't know that they ever confirmed that he was a serial killer. Really? Certainly, by the way, he was talking. Because they showed, a, I guess, a jailhouse interview with him. Certainly, mm-hmm. by the way, he was talking. I would say he considered himself to be a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he thought very highly but, of himself. But they he? never confirmed that he'd killed more than one person. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if he really fits the profile or not. Those guys are always such. <laughs> they're such pieces of shit because it's like you're really fucking with someone and something that's like so detrimental it's like it might make you feel like a big guy to like say you did these things but yeah to take credit for something that like you didn't do or to insinuate that you were involved in 
the disappearance of people like that that's people's real stories and it's like oh i if there was if if there was a way <laughs> to fucking like Oh, I, I, mean, ju- I just want to like smash their heads on the ground. News flash: serial killers are pieces of shit. I know, shocking. But like, <laughs> <laughs> this is brand new information. Serial killers are not good people. <laughs> if you needed to hear that here, I please seek help. Yeah, Sam is going to be the one to tell you. Uh, serial killers are apparently no good. No, they are bad people as a general rule. <laughs> um, so. If we are to believe that these serial killers had, or or killers, let's say killers, that these killers had nothing to do with her disappearance, and it was Rob, I, I that seems less far fetched to me, and I'll tell you why. There are a lot of different accounts of them kind of being at odds. We know he was fighting with at least Pistol, if not the rest of her friends and family. He was reportedly aggressive and possibly violent. That said, uh, it just, like, he's the only one with a real motive. Which is funny because in the documentary, he asks the camera guy, like, well, what's my motive? What's my motive? I'm like, well, I don't know. Six people just gave a pretty convincing one. She was going (laughs) to divorce your ass. And it, it, it felt like he was, like, argumentative. He kind of was argumentative. And, like, this is the thing. If if he seriously didn't do this, and there is always the chance that he didn't. If nothing mm-hmm. else, we should address the fact that he has an alibi. Yeah, technically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> an alibi that makes it highly improbable that he was there during those 13 minutes. Not impossible, but highly improbable. Improbable. But that said, the the authorities still have not technically ruled him out. I don't think so, no. At least they, they didn't kind of confirm or deny that, but they did say that they didn't charge him. According to an article that I read on digitalspy.com, okay. <laughs> he, he was not removed from the list of suspects. But they, they are, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they are not. They're not pursuing him as a suspect, but he has not been cleared either. Officially. That's that's my understanding of it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Rob, it, 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 he's just, it's like you said, his behavior is so odd for someone who didn't do it. And it's like, I, I feel like I'm acting like every asshole that I look at and I'm like, come on, like. If this guy's innocent, like, wouldn't you be pissed after 20 years of of dealing with this and having people accuse you? Like, I'd probably be a bit argumentative, too. So I'm trying not to be too harsh with him, but he really is the only person who, to me, seems to have had any kind of, at least that we know of, has yeah. any kind of connection to this that is tangible and is reading like a reason to kill somebody. And and is also the only person who responded in such a such an out there way. Like he's the only person that seems to be behaving oddly in this situation and like I I don't even know how to say this properly, but like it's <laughs> serial killers 
murderers tend to insinuate themselves into investigations. They like Mm -hmm. the attention. If this guy seriously killed his wife, which I personally believe there's a very strong chance that he did. Mm -hmm. Like, he talks about he arranged a private viewing of her skeletal remains. He carried her skull around the funeral home. And this is all stuff that he said. Like, I want to make it very clear. This is all stuff that he owned up to on camera. On camera. (laughs) As far as we can tell, unprompted. (laughs) So, (laughs) he carried her skull around the funeral home for a little while, kissed it goodbye, and then snuggled with her cremains for a year. Yeah. Like, had them in the bed with him. And, by the way, is remarried. Is he really? Yes. (laughs) I had to look that up outside the context of Unsolved Mysteries, but he is remarried. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing else to say to that. All righty then. (laughs) Take care then. Bye-bye now. Well, well, that's good for him, I guess. Um, But yeah, no, refuses to share any of her cremains with with her son. Mm Mm-hmm. Or anyone else, including her parents, any of that. Cremains, for those of you who don't know, are cremated remains. Oh, sorry. Yes. I, I, um, it was not a knock against okay. you. I just no, wanted I to make sure that we weren't, that people weren't like, We weren't cremains. confusing anybody. <laughs> no. But, it's remains with craisins. But like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for him to be so possessive of her even after. And like, one of the things is like, it was really creepy when he said it, like. He's like, no, I have her with me, and that's a good thing. Yeah. And for some reason, that one line from this interview stuck out to me as just like, this is the creepiest possible thing you could have said in that moment. It feels like, <laughs> it feels like he, and again, this is all just our opinion, but the way it came off on film in this instance was, yes, she's dead, and I still have power over her. Like, she's never gotten away from me. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, granted, as someone I'm sure would love to point out, that doesn't mean he's the one who killed her. He could just be a sack of shit. But, like, or could that doesn't ju- make him Or could just be, like, in an odd, an odd place of grieving. But I guess then my only question, the only thing that makes me doubt myself is that, like, if he is that kind of person who is so controlling and and literally clutching to her yeah why why did he dump her remains was it to end the investigation was it to take the focus off of himself because wasn't uh, forgive me it's been uh it's been like a week since i watched this episode Mm -hmm. wasn't it that like the remains were probably not there before or were we to assume that they were there the whole time? They didn't actually give any information on that. And one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about with this case after the episode came out is, as they say in the episode, you know, they're not giving us all the information because it's an open case. Right, exactly. So they need to retain some of the knowledge that they have to confirm a suspect when they find somebody. Because there's certain things that only the person who killed her would know right yeah um i don't have a theory on whether or not her remains were there the whole time and they never said 
whether or not they felt that her remains had been there the entire time. Yeah, they I did guess say it was a very remote area. Um, they also said it was probably it would probably have been very difficult to carry her if she, if she was still before she had decomposed. That it would have been very difficult to carry her to where she was found. Mm. So, if her remains were placed there after the fact she would have had to decompose somewhere else exactly and that's the part that that's the part that becomes kind of challenging because it's like well where was she decomposing and why wouldn't you let your son in the house (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like am i the crazy one here and it's just like when they asked him why he wouldn't do it, he's like well i didn't like him and it's like that's fine (laughs) and he's like as a precaution i just locked all the door i just changed all the locks it's like as a precaution against what and it happened to be the day she disappeared he did he he admits that he did it in response to her being going away i don't know (laughs) her 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 disappearing but like it's just as a precaution against what like like this 15 year old getting his underwear like like what 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 precaution like like what scenario are you envisioning it really reads <laughs> as like if you're not a killer you are a supreme piece of shit like seriously like okay you might not be a murderer but you're still a gigantic asshole yeah like <laughs> your your kid's mother or your stepkid's mother yeah has gone missing and your first reaction was to literally lock them out of your life. Yeah, and not even like have a discussion with him where he's like where, where it's like I'm not comfortable with you being here, go to your dad's. Like change all the locks on the doors and just ignore him when he bangs on the door and the windows trying to get in. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> kind of reads as odd, Rob. Kind of reads as not <laughs> maybe the most innocent behavior. And it's just I personally think there is a possibility that if it was Rob, I don't think Patrice died right away. I think she really? was in that house. Really? Why the fuck else wouldn't you let the kid in there? Huh. Unless you know, it's you funny. Were holding I, her. I had considered that she hadn't. I had considered that she had died right away, but that her remains were in the home. It hadn't. And it seems silly to have not thought it, but. It didn't occur to me that she might have still been alive in the home. That's very, that's a very interesting um, take on it. Well, because, <laughs> because he's so controlling, because we, we, we don't know. We have Pistol's testimony and mm-hmm. the testimony from one of her friends that she was unhappy that she was considering divorcing this guy. Right. It was a rumor. Like, <clears throat> there's a part of me that wonders if maybe he wasn't trying to talk her out of it for, like, a couple days. Mm. And, and then, when it didn't shockingly, work, it didn't work. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a part of me that also wonders, like, if you were in her position, God forbid, like, wouldn't you... Wouldn't you say whatever you thought he wanted to hear? well so yeah like i I said this is a this is a like harebrained theory but 
I mean, I don't think it's entirely harebrained. I think it's possible she could have been alive. She could have been incapacitated. We don't know what, if he did it, what his reasoning might have been. Other than the fact that we know that their relationship was most likely on the rocks. That's all. That's literally the only information we have. But it does strike. It does strike me as odd that when you put all of the pieces together, at least the pieces we have, their relationships on the rocks. She goes missing. Yeah. The son gets locked out of the house and is excommunicated from his stepfather's life. The stepfather totally withdraws, doesn't talk to anyone in her family or her friend circle. Has a very uh, specific alibi, so specific that it's almost odd. And the only thing missing is a little bit of money in her wedding ring. Yeah. And then suddenly he's the one who wants sole... Um, ownership of her cremains and won't communicate with anyone won't won't cooperate with anyone and it's like even if you don't like the kid you're gonna tell me that he has no right to his to his mother's cremains that he has no right to any of her things that he has no right to be a part of this in any way it just it it's very it's like, suspicious when they asked him on tape they're, they're, they're like you know would you share her cremains with anybody and he says no and then pauses for a beat and then says especially not pistol and it's like why <laughs> like, <laughs> like would you care to elaborate on that shithead like i, I think like- that's the thing i would love to hear what the story is between those two because it seems like either either he is just like a, a sack of abusive shit. Which is completely possible. And in, in my eyes at the moment, completely likely. Or, like, Pistol would have had to have been, like, a real fucked up kid. Like, what is it about him that this guy hates so much? This is a very deep hatred. Like, seriously, there's... And not for nothing, when you're a 50-year-old man and you're looking at a 15-year-old kid, I can think of very few things that that 15-year-old kid could do that could justify you feeling that way. Yeah. He's 15. It's like any child has said and done things that were hurtful to their parents. And to their step-parents, doubly so, because there's not even that... You know, there's that whole you're not my real dad thing. Yeah. But what could it have possibly been that their relationship was like that literally the second their the mother was gone, the second the mother was gone, he was out? Yeah. Because that's kind of suspicious too. It's like, was it so easy for you to leave? Because the mo- like, even if she was still alive, you were done. Yeah. Yeah. It just, just seems so odd. And that's that's the thing that, that convinces me like every time every time I sit here and go, Well, maybe it's not, like maybe it's not. It's the fact that he changed the locks. Mm-hmm. It's like if you thought there was any chance she was coming home, 
you wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Like, n- no sane person would have done that if you thought she was coming back. The so, thing like... That, the thing that strikes me as odd is that, like, the second she disappeared, I know that the first person they investigate is the spouse. Yeah. He must have been questioned. He was questioned, yes. And and maybe I'm overreacting because I'm just like twenty twenty is is or, or hindsight is twenty twenty, and I'm probably playing in a, a, a <laughs> I'm probably coming to conclusions that are really stupid. But like, couldn't they have investigated the house? They probably did. I would I would imagine. Although it's honestly, if he was never. If he was never charged with anything, they might not have been able to get a warrant to search the house. Even if she was missing and he was a suspect? They would have to prove there was some kind of evidence that she could be there. Hmm. Other than I would have thought word. that... And because he does have an alibi, he has that time-stamped gas receipt. Like, I mean, I guess, but like... Who's to say he was the one who got the receipt? Anyone could have used his card. I know. Did he pay with a card? Was that the whole thing? He's like, I paid with a card. Blah, 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 blah. They never said. Because if it was cash, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> if it was a card, it's like, I don't, I don't know if that's like a bulletproof alibi to me. I mean, I don't think it's a bulletproof alibi, which I think is why he's still on that suspect list. Yeah. But it might have been enough of an alibi that if you presented this to a judge who had to sign a warrant, they might need something more. It just seems to me like it would have been evidence enough for me as a as a as law enforcement when they were like, "Okay, uh, what did you do today?" And he's like, "Well, I went and got gas. I went to work, and then I changed all the locks on my house." <laughs> like I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> Let's go over this one more time, shall we, Rob? Uh, it just seems strange to me. Like, that seems like, why change the locks to keep the only other person who now is expected to live there out unless there was something in there that you didn't want them to see or have? And so it's like, I think that's enough grounds for a, an investigation, not necessarily to say that he's guilty, but to say, okay, well, we're going to want to take a look around in these locked doors. I mean, I think it would be enough certainly to make them curious. It's again, it's whether or not it meets that, that probable cause threshold. This is very frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. I don't like playing this game with you, (laughs) Sam Baxter. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, so we are, we are basically at the end of this episode, but before we go, do you have an official opinion of what happened to Patrice? I personally think that somebody, not necessarily Rob himself, somebody whose name starts with an R could have been anyone. (laughs) Yes kidnapped her 
clearly murdered her, whether that happened in Rob's house or not. <laughs> I think it could happen in Rob's house, though. Definitely possible. And then, obviously, dumped her body behind the church. But there's still a possibility that it's Jeremy Jones. There's still a possibility that it's Gary Hilton. I think both of those theories are fucked. I think it's Rob. Do you think it could have been someone... Because, she obviously, she worked in a salon. So... It, it could have uh, theoretically been someone who sh- she was like, who was a client that we didn't know because why would we know them? There's always that possibility. I just. I also have to think that like the first thing they did was go through the, the ledger at her, at her, like she would have kept some record. Yeah, no, they said they went through her appointment book. and But they talked to everybody who had an appointment with her that day and didn't seem to feel that any of them were suspicious. Hmm. So... I wonder, because then you get into kind of a gray area where it's like, well, did they check any other days? Like, did they check up to five days before that? Because if it was someone who came in to kind of case it... Yeah. It's possible. It's possible that they came in in the days leading to the event. Now, I don't think I'm smarter than a lot of the detectives. I would think that they would have thought to look through that, especially when this case is like damn near 20 years old. Yeah. (laughs) I have to assume that they've probably ruled out most of the people, if not all of the people in her appointment. We never did talk about the blue car. Yeah, that's the, and that is, a significant piece of information there was a blue car parked outside the salon we believe in that 13 minute window and two people were seen in front of the car one of them we assume is patrice no one mm-hmm. knows who the other person is but it was a, a, a allegedly a man one person said it was a woman one person said it was a man with shoulder yeah. length hair with shoulder length hair yeah um which becomes kind of strange. It throws a wrench in the whole system. It does. That being said, they think that it happened within those 13 minutes because she picked up the phone at 11.35, but then she didn't pick up the phone at 11.50. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that the event was over by 11.50. Right. It just means she didn't answer the phone. It just means she didn't answer the phone. So, one of the... One of the things that, you know, I sit here wondering is how long in between that 11.50 window and that next client who came in. Because if it was her lunch hour, it could have been an hour later. So then we're not talking about 13 minutes. We're talking about almost an an hour hour and a half. Like. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Uh, I don't know. Uh, There are a lot of assumptions being made. Not by you, by by the um, law enforcement. But I would think that they would be reasonable assumptions However, it it does kind of become like, well, 
it, you know, it turns into my cousin, Vin, my cousin Vinny. It's like, are you sure about that five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> are you sure about that five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> You've been a lovely, lovely witness. Um, yeah, it does kind of become odd to me. I, I would love for them to kind of do a deeper dive on it. It feels like it needs to be reinvestigated by fresh eyes, at least in my opinion. I mean, I assume that the county where this happened has a cold case unit, so mm -hmm. I'm sure that they're still working on it. If nothing else, they agreed to do this documentary. Um, I really hope that somebody gives them a tip based on this that leads to the arrest of whoever did this. <laughs> I'm Who not, may or may I'm not, not have new locks going... on their door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say, Rob because lord knows like listen this is the thing uh, yeah this is also this is a documentary they they seem to feel it was rob <laughs> based on and, what they showed and what they didn't yeah and they get to choose what we see and don't see yeah that lord knows it's like making a murderer there there are plenty of times you watch these true crime documentaries and they've omitted things that's like ah, this does kind of it does kind of, yeah. you know, make me lean it a little bit a little in a different manipulative. way. Yeah. So that said, is it possible Rob is innocent? Absolutely. Do I he's think still it's an likely? <laughs> yeah, he's still an asshole. But uh, do I think it's likely? The answer is no. I think it is not likely that Rob is not the person who did this. I don't think it's likely that he had nothing to do with it. And that's that's how I feel. It's like he might not have been the person who abducted her but it seems to me more than likely that he was somehow involved in the decision to do it if not actively involved in yeah. the act itself. itself oh goodness unsolved mysteries is fun isn't it it's like <laughs> it's so different from hill house it's because fun and very sad <laughs> i know <laughs> It's but it's fun because we get to kind of put our detective hats on a little bit. Our our jumping to conclusions hats, yes. <laughs> this is my jump to conclusions, Matt. <laughs> you jump to what is that from? I don't know. Oh. I can't remember. It was a movie. I want Oh, fuck me. If you know what this quote I'm gonna have to look it up after this. It's he's like, it's a mat and it has conclusions on it, and you jump to conclusions I oh, god I can't remember <laughs> what movie it was now I don't know son of a bitch all right kids well that's <laughs> that's episode two what, what? Office it's office space uh according to Sarah um that's it for episode two of unsolved mysteries uh I'm I'm very much looking forward to episode three because if I'm not mistaken this that one's a good one I haven't seen it, so... Oh, we'll, oh that's we'll right. I always forget. I keep forgetting that yeah, you're no. watching in real time. I had seen this one before because I'd watched the first two episodes kind of when it came out, but then I, I fell off the wagon with it a little bit. So from here on out, everything we see, I am seeing with fresh eyes for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited to see what you think of the next one because if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's very good. Um, that said... That is our entire mini mini microsode for week five of the 13 weeks of Halloween. And uh, we have a very special 
ridiculous episode coming up for you on Thursday. So make sure that you tune in and listen. So until then, stay spoopy and remember. They didn't want Pistol in the house because the, you know, I didn't like him. And just to be on the safe side, just go stay somewhere else. And then we know you'll be safe. And I'll know I'm not gonna have this constant mental, mental drag on me that you're here and I have to put up with your stuff. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Unsolved Mysteries, distributed by Netflix 2020. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara.